So, how about we take a quick survey, okay? Unofficial, unscientific uh, survey. By way of hands, who here uh, has been baptized? Uh, only one hand's necessary. Thank you, sir. One, two, three. Okay, good. Okay, good. Thank you. So let me let me see now. Out of those of you who who've raised your hand, um, how many of you have ever felt like God has called you to do something special? Show of hands. Huh. Okay. V- very good. Thank you very much. Give yourselves a round of applause. So. I hate to be the one to break it to you, but if you raised your hand the first time, if you've ever had the baptismal waters cover you in some way, let me tell you right now, you have been called by God. That means that the same amount of people who raised their hand the first time should have been the same amount of people that raised their hand the second time. Your baptism... My baptism, that was our call by God to be God's people. It was our call that no longer would it be Christ living in us, no longer be us, hello. It would no longer us be living, but it would be Christ living in us. Our baptism was that calling. I know, I know, I know some of us don't want to think differently. We'd rather believe that God calls special people to do special things. Well, sisters and brothers, let me tell you this morning that God does not call special people to do special things. God only calls. And when you and I are baptized, we are called. Now, I think it's the bumper sticker that says God doesn't call the qualified God qualifies the called. And I know sometimes we don't feel worthy of God's calling. Sometimes we don't feel like we know what we're doing with God's calling. Sometimes we don't even know what God's calling looks like. That's okay. God didn't say, hey, go figure that part out and then come serve me. God says, no, I've called you. Now let's get to work. And some some divine way God works through all of our shortcomings all of our failings, all of our trip-ups, even through all of our sins. Somebody say praise God on that one. God doesn't call special people to do special things. God just calls. Because we know, sisters and brothers, that even after the resurrection of Jesus, even after Jesus was raised back to life, And conquer death once and for all. Even though we celebrate that, even though we believe that with our heart, even though we know that that is truth for the world. Let me tell you something else that is true. Even though Christ has overcome death, there are still people who don't want to hear it. There were still people like Saul who would try to find under other people like you to tell you to stop. With all this Jesus stuff. Y'all with me? We get so upset today because we feel like people are telling us to stop saying that we believe in Jesus, to stop uh, doing certain things in public, to stop. Let me tell you, since day one, we've been told to stop. Since day one, we've been told by other people that you need to quit with all your Jesus stuff. And you know what else has been happening since day one? 
There have been people that said, uh-uh, because I've been called. And we've been called for a particular reasons, sisters and brothers, because there are still people who don't know. See, we celebrate that God reached down to us and showed us what life looked like. We celebrate that God was willing to come to us to look just like us so that we could see him and we could see what true divine love looks like. We celebrate that God was willing to reach down to us. But I think sometimes we forget that God says now it's your turn to go and to reach out the same way. So let's tell a story probably a very familiar story. If it's not familiar, you haven't been listening for the past four minutes. Saul was out breathing murderous threats to people like you and the people sitting next to you. Paul was out with everything that he has. I want you to think about that phrase. He was breathing threats. He was breathing You can't do anything in your life without breathing. Breathing is a part of a way that you live. And what Luke is telling us is that Saul was breathing threats. With everything that he was and everything that he had, this was his life. He was breathing threats to people like you and I. Because we had heard this name of Christ, because we had seen uh, the power of the resurrection, and because it didn't line up with what he thought things should be, Paul made it his life to make our life trouble. You know the story. So he's traveling one day. He's going down on the road to Damascus. And as he's there, he has this experience. There's this great light. He's blinded. He can't see anymore. And, and, and he hears this voice. Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who is it, Lord? And from that experience... Saul becomes one of the greatest, most influential people in all of Christian history. I've heard some people suggest that right under Jesus is Paul. Because from that experience, he heard his calling, his true calling from God and responded in the most faithful of ways. And the world has never been the same again. But I almost get the impression that it wasn't almost that way. You know how it is when you're at home, right? And you're sitting there and maybe you drop something in the couch, right? Or maybe you remember you're you're looking for your keys or you're looking for your phone or something. You think, man, it wasn't here. I looked over here. Can't find it here. You think, oh, you know what? I'm going to look in the couch, right? You ever go digging for something in the couch? That's a scary thing to do, isn't it? Because you don't know what you're going to find in there. How many of you have kids? Yeah, you'll send your kids to do it, right? Because you ain't putting your hands down there. Put your hands down there and go and look for something, but you're scared because, you know, you're not going to find what you're looking for. You know that, and you're scared to figure out what it is you'll find. And I'm convinced that that explains a whole lot about the church's ministry. That it's kind of scary to go out and to start reaching on the search for something because we never know what it is that we're going to find. Saul has this experience. He's told to go and to wait. And when he has his experience, there's somebody named Ananias. Uh, Ananias. What am I talking about? Ananias. 
who has another vision from God. He he's being told by God, I want you to go. And uh, there's going to be somebody. And this is so funny. Uh, there's going to be somebody that's uh, let me read it for you. Get up and go to the street called straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him. I love that so much. You see, because sometimes we hear, OK, God has called us. You know what, God? Maybe you got the wrong person. Maybe I'm not the one quite cut out for this. Maybe you need to find somebody else. But God tells Ananias, look, I want you to go to a man named Saul. Right now, he's having a vision, a dream about a man named Ananias coming to him. It's going to be real hard for Ananias to say, are you sure that's what he sees? You got to understand, I don't blame Ananias. I need to try to get out of this calling. I need to try to get out of this because I know exactly who Saul is. We all do. We see him on TV. We know about what he's trying to do. We know what he has done. And there's no way, there's no way I can go to him after everything I know he's done and what I'm sure he'll probably do to me. But if you've ever read our scripture, you know that that's just kind of how it goes. God says go and we want to fight a little bit, but God says go. Maybe we can convince God otherwise. God still says go. God told Moses, go to Pharaoh. Moses said, well, I don't know. I'm not the one. I can't talk. You know what God still said? Go. Oh, God, maybe you maybe you got the wrong Ananias, you know, because there's a whole bunch of Ananias is running around, I'm sure. Right. Maybe you got the wrong one. Nope. It's you. Now go. I love this. Verse 17. So Ananias went and into the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul. Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Something in me that wants to ask, what if Ananias would have said no? Would Paul still be the Saul? Still be there waiting? Would Saul still be blinded by his actions? Would he still be unaware of his true calling in life if Ananias said, You know what, God? I've got a few other things going right now in my life. I'll get back to you. As silly as that sounds, sisters and brothers, let me tell you that that I I believe that that is exactly what the church of God in so many ways does today. You see, this calling to go, it hasn't gone anywhere. This calling to search out hasn't gone anywhere, hasn't disappeared, hasn't really changed. It is a part of who we are. People have been getting mad at Christians for over 2,000 years because we don't want to keep our mouth shut, because we don't know how to be quiet, because we don't know how to keep our faith to ourselves. For all these years, people have, getting, have been getting mad at us, but they, what they don't understand is that we are evangelistic people. We are told by God. We are commanded by God. We have been hardwired by God to have it in our faith DNA that we know that part of our faith is going and searching. 
seeking, reaching. It's who we are. Until it's not who we are. See, sisters and brothers, I believe that as Easter people, people who have seen the resurrection of Christ, people who have seen the power of death overcome by the name of Jesus Christ, people who ever, ever decided that they would attend an Easter service to hear the good news, people who ever decided, I'll wear the cross, I'll put the fish on my car, I'll go to the Sunday school, I'll go to the church, I'll buy me a Bible. Anybody who's ever had any thoughts like that, any kind of Christian thoughts at all, needs to understand. Now, now it's part of your calling to reach out and make sure somebody else hears the same good news that you've heard. But unfortunately, the church's reach has shortened. Unfortunately, some of us have forgotten that, you know, the church can only reach out as much as you're willing to reach. If you and I are not willing to reach out wherever God puts us, the church cannot reach out. Oh, Pastor John, isn't that why we hired you? No, that's why God created Easter people. Easter people who know that they have been called to reach, to use everything to their, at their disposal to reach out in the name of God. We used to be so good at this, right? You know that one of the most greatest inventions in the history of humanity was the printing press. We know this, and we all know what was the first thing that was printed? A Bible. You know why? Because somebody said, we've got this great thing right here that God has given to us. And the first thing we are going to make sure to do is to spread this word all over the world. And that's what happened. And now today we've got so much at our disposal, so many easy ways that we could be reaching out. And we're like, eh, you know what? I kind of like it in here. Go find somebody else named Ananias, God. I read something this, this week that uh, I think speaks so true for, for us that uh, essentially saying that there are three industries that we know make the most use of technology. You ready for this? The pornography industry, the gambling industry, and American politics. Those three industries... Use technology like nobody else. Those three, tech, those three industries make sure that they are on the forefront of technology because they've got a message and they've got something they want to share. And you know what they're doing? They're sharing it. Is it working? You better believe it. How many lives, how many marriages, how many families have been torn apart by gambling and pornography? And the church is just like, well, what do we do? Do you think our message is better than their message? Wow, that was weak. (laughs) I'm sorry, I thought we called it the good news. I thought we called it the good news of Jesus Christ that brings salvation and peace and healing to all. Why are we so content then as Easter people to say, you know what, that message, we just can't get around it. Their message, they're going to they're going to keep doing what they're doing and there's nothing we can do about it. Excuse me. I thought we always said that there is nothing impossible with God. 
what happens is we've stopped reaching like we've been called to do. Sisters and brothers, you live in places where I don't and where the other people don't live. You live in particular neighborhoods. You have particular jobs. You have particular interests that take you to different places. You have different uh, activities and talents that take you uh, other places that other people wouldn't even think about going. And when we understand that we as Easter people have a calling to reach, then we can see what God is doing. God is so smart. It's almost like God knows what he's doing or something. God puts the calling in all of his people so that when those people go, wherever it is they go, guess what they do? They reach. And if all those people who have been called by God go and do all the things that they do, all the places that they go, if they understand that they've been called by God to reach, then the church is able to reach. Sisters and brothers, I don't know where God leads you, brings you, or takes you, but I want you to understand you have a calling. And who you are and what you are in life is not for your own life. It's for God's first. And God takes you where he needs you to reach. If you've been touched by God, if you've ever heard the good news, how are you reaching out with? So just a quick reminder, because I'm so forgetful, I forgot to write it down. Uh, the people who are baptized, if you'll raise your hand again so we can get a count real quick. Yeah, if, one, two, uh-huh, yeah. What? You said no last time, so what would, no, 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 I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Okay, okay, hands down. All right, we got that recorded. So now let me see, uh, I forget, the other people. So those of you who said you're baptized, um, if you've ever been called by God, if, if you'll raise your hand, please. I had a big breakfast, I'm not going anywhere. If you've been called by God, raise your hand. Quick, get a picture. Hurry. If you've been called by God, raise your hand. Don't put him down yet. Thing isn't working. May it be, sisters and brothers, that wherever God leads us, that our hands would reach out to the people that need to know what's been told to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.